Welcome to this episode of Sound Bites, a podcast series produced by the National Psoriasis Foundation, the nation's leading organization for individuals living with psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis. In each episode, someone who lives with psoriatic disease, a loved one, or an expert will share insights with you on living well. If you like what you hear today, please subscribe to our podcast and join us every month at SoundBites for more insights on understanding, managing, and thriving with psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis. My name is Shiva Mozavarian, and joining me today for a discussion about family planning and the impact of psoriasis is dermatologist Dr. Jenny Marossi, Associate Clinical Professor of Dermatology at the University of California, San Francisco, also known as UCSF and the Director of Medical Consultative Dermatology at the Palo Alto Medical Foundation in Mountain View, California. Dr. Marossi has a special interest in women's health and is currently the co-editor-in-chief of the International Journal of Women's Dermatology, the Secretary and Governance Council Chair of the Women's Dermatologic Society, and is a founding member of the American Academy of Dermatology's Women Health Resource Group. She has also served as co-chair for pregnancy-related issues in dermatology for the World Congress of Dermatology, the European Academy of Dermatology and Venerology, and as course director for 15 AAD meetings from 2009 to 2018, directing symposia on women's health therapeutics. Given such expertise and interest, Dr. Morasi is the perfect choice to address the topic of family planning, pregnancy, and psoriasis. Welcome, Dr. Morasi. Thank you for being on Soundbites today. So how did you first become interested in psoriasis and pregnancy? Yes, actually, it was over 20 years ago now when I was a medical student And in one of my first classes, the chair of the dermatology department brought a patient in with psoriasis who had been pregnant three times in the past. And she said that the pregnancy for her was a complete miracle. It cleared her psoriasis um, for all three pregnancies that she had. And so I was really interested in what it was about pregnancy that causes psoriasis to go away. And so I began to study that. And that's actually how I first became interested in both dermatology and psoriasis. And we're so glad that you did. Dr. Morasi, while we know the prevalence of psoriasis is similar between men and women, the impact of disease can be different. Can you please explain what factors make psoriasis different for women versus men? Certainly. So in terms of a difference most critical, I would say, between women and men, of course, would be the potential for a woman of childbearing age to become pregnant or breastfeeding. And so that kind of goes without saying that the therapy that a woman of childbearing age is on should be therapy that should they become pregnant, it would not be an issue. And there are really wonderful therapies that we have where if you were to become pregnant, the therapy would not affect the baby. And so it's important to talk to your provider. If you're a woman of childbearing age, either thinking about having a family or just want to be on something safe that should something happen so that you're on a therapy that would not affect the baby in a negative way. Another important difference between women and men is that there is more of an association with an impact on mental health in women related to the psoriasis. So there are higher rates of secretiveness and stigmatization, meaning that they feel more uncomfortable about the way that the psoriasis looks on their body and the impact on their mental health, as well as higher rates of depression. And so that is another important consideration. 
So how critical of a factor is estrogen and estrogen receptors? Estrogen is one of the main hormones during pregnancy, and it increases quite a bit during a woman's pregnancy. And interestingly, the higher levels of estrogen are associated with improvement of psoriasis in pregnancy. There were studies done years ago when the birth control pill was at very high levels of estrogen that showed that there was actually improvement with some of those early birth control pills that we don't use any longer because the estrogen levels are too high. But it is thought to be a form of of therapy for psoriasis. And does having psoriatic disease affect fertility and or the ability to conceive? So psoriasis that does not affect the fertility for our female patients, uh, but for our male patients, if they have psoriasis in their genital area, there is a slight decrease in fertility as a result of having the psoriasis in that area. Isn't it true that some people may decide not to have children based on a fear of genetic risks? How valid is this concern with regards to psoriasis? So if one of the parents, either the mother or the father, has psoriasis, they have a one-third risk of potentially passing psoriasis to the child. And if both parents have psoriasis, it's a two-thirds risk of passing the psoriasis to the child. Now, I think it's important to understand that we have a lot of really wonderful therapies for psoriasis, and it's very different than years past when we didn't have good treatments. And we have treatments that can make the mothers comfortable during the course of their pregnancy. And we also have therapies for children that are very safe. So it is quite different than it was 20 or 30 years ago because of all of these new wonderful therapeutics that are very safe. And is severity of psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis a consideration when thinking of starting a family? I think that there are such good treatments now to reduce the severity of psoriasis as well as psoriatic arthritis, that we can get patients in really good shape so that there really is essentially very little psoriasis before they begin trying to conceive. And so that is often our goal as providers is to make sure that patients are as comfortable as possible in their own skin before they proceed with starting a family, and we can do that relatively quickly. I think it's very important not to delay because it is much more difficult to become pregnant as you reach mid-30s or certainly the 40s, and so it's important to start as early as possible. And I know as a dermatologist, I like to work with my patients to get them in, in quickly in very good shape so that they can begin to have the family that they've always wanted. And how important is it to have a discussion with a healthcare provider prior to becoming pregnant? And what should this discussion include? I think it's very important to have the discussion. And what we found in our research is that 80% of the time, the patients don't have a discussion with us before they become pregnant. And I know personally as a dermatologist, I always like to know if my patient is planning a pregnancy and to talk about it way in advance because it allows us to make a a really good plan so that we know that the therapy that the patient's on is safe for the baby and then we can cater the therapy so that it really is optimal prior to trying to conceive. 
I think it's very helpful when patients come in and they initiate that discussion because sometimes providers are busy or they forget to bring up that discussion during the middle of the office visit. And that's one of the most important discussions that we can have. Absolutely. And what treatment cautions should be considered when trying to start a family for both men and women? So there are so many different treatments that we use to treat psoriasis. And in general, therapies such as methotrexate, we don't recommend for both men and women who are trying to conceive. The other therapies are safe for men to use because they won't affect their fertility, but there are much more limited number of therapies that we use in women of childbearing age who are considering pregnancy. So, for example, narrowband UVB light treatments are considered very safe, but it's important for women to take folic acid supplementation each day while they're on the narrowband UVB light treatment, so taking a prenatal vitamin once a day, and that's to prevent any issues within the spinal cord for the baby. In terms of therapies, a lot of the injectable therapies, so the biologic therapies, are considered safe. And we have quite a bit of data for the anti-TNF therapies. And in particular, sertilizumab is an excellent choice because it doesn't cross the placenta. It doesn't reach the baby. So out of all the biologics, that is the one that has the most safety data during pregnancy. And as a follow-up to that question, what treatments are safe to use with breastfeeding? So the vast majority of therapies that we use to treat psoriasis are safe in the breastfeeding patient. There are some exceptions to that, including acetretin or methotrexate, for example. But most therapies are going to be safe in a breastfeeding mother. The therapy where they've studied this in particular is the sertilizumab that was also studied in pregnancy, and they basically found that there were no levels of sertilizumab in the breast milk. So that is one biologic in particular where they examined this carefully. But really, all of the biologics should have very, very little of the antibody in the breast milk. And if there is any antibody in the breast milk, when the baby breastfeeds, the baby will break that antibody down in the stomach. So therefore, it really will not impact the child. Um, A mother is using a biologic therapy that is not sertilizumab, and it does cross the placenta to the baby. The most important thing to remember is that right before the baby's born, the baby gets an antibody boost where the baby is being prepped prior to delivery to be able to fight infections in our world. So the mother gives a huge boost of antibodies to their baby to make sure that it will be able to fight infection in the world. Now, for a mother who's on a biologic, that boost of antibodies also includes the medication that they're on. So it'll be an even higher level in the baby than it is in the mother. And so the baby also then will be slightly immunosuppressed. And so looking for infections those first nine months of life is really important to do, and the baby shouldn't get any live vaccines. So what happens in the case of an unplanned pregnancy? I think that the majority of providers will reassure patients 
uh, based on the therapy that was provided, that it's likely safe as long as the pregnancy is something that is reported early to the provider. An ideal situation, try to get a 20-week ultrasound so that we can examine the baby to make sure that there are no abnormalities. The best situation is for the patient to be on a therapy that's perfectly fine to use in pregnancy before the pregnancy is even initiated. And so we try to encourage women of childbearing age to be on the therapies that are safe to be used in pregnancy just in case they do have an unplanned pregnancy. But that detailed fetal ultrasound between 18 and 20 weeks gestation is what we use to assess the pregnancy if they are on a therapy that is not as safe during pregnancy. And are flares of disease a concern during pregnancy or after delivery of the baby? So during pregnancy, about 50% of the time, the psoriasis completely goes away. So pregnancy is actually something that almost treats psoriasis in the majority of cases. There are 25% of patients that can worsen during pregnancy, but the worsening of the disease is often quite mild. In terms of after delivery of the baby, two-thirds of the time, women will have a postpartum flare, but that really is a flare, meaning that it returns to baseline psoriasis that they had before they became pregnant. And are there certain types of psoriasis that are of concern during pregnancy, such as pustular psoriasis? Yes, there's something called pustular psoriasis of pregnancy, where a woman will get these tiny little pustules that are very red at the base, and they can get it kind of all over their body. And this condition is very rare. It does not occur in particular in patients that have baseline psoriasis, so they, it doesn't necessarily occur in our patients with chronic plaque psoriasis. It can occur even if you don't have any history of psoriasis. So I don't think it's something that patients with psoriasis need to worry about because most dermatologists, I would say, either see it never or perhaps only one or two times in their entire career. And it is quite unusual. What other health concerns can occur during pregnancy that should be considered? So patients with psoriasis, we have noted over the years have other conditions that are associated with their psoriasis. And there is a higher rate of patients being overweight or suffering from obesity or high blood pressure or prediabetes or diabetes. And all of these conditions can affect the pregnancy. So, of course, mental health and depression also, particularly in the postpartum period, is of concern as well. And these can be related to the psoriasis. So it's important to really work with the OBGYN physician and make sure that the blood sugar stays normal during the pregnancy, the blood pressure is normal during the pregnancy, and that the kidneys are being carefully examined through urine tests, just to make sure that these other comorbidities, we call them, meaning things that are associated with psoriasis, are cared for as well. And what would you say are probably the biggest barriers or challenges when looking at family planning associated with immune-mediated diseases such as psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis? I think that in general for family planning, oftentimes patients will think that they don't want their 
disease to worsen and they'll kind of postpone the pregnancy or be very afraid of either what would happen to their psoriasis during pregnancy or what the therapies that they would have to take would do to the baby. And the reality is today that we have such good therapies that are so safe that a woman can have a very comfortable pregnancy and they can also be on therapies that won't hurt their baby and they can have the family that they've always wanted. And they just need to have the confidence to know that that these therapies are out there. If they approach a dermatologist and talk to a dermatologist, they can receive the appropriate guidance so that they can get that family that they've always wanted. So I would really encourage patients with psoriasis to make an appointment with a dermatologist and have that discussion early on. Thank you, Dr. Morasi, for providing such an interesting podcast about family planning. This is such a topic of need for our community. Do you have any final comments you'd like to share with our listeners today? So psoriasis in pregnancy has been something that has been a passion of mine now for over 20 years. And it's amazing to see what has happened in just this 20-year period of time in terms of options that there are for patients therapies that can make them very comfortable during the entire pregnancy and postpartum period, as well as therapies that are very safe for their baby for the entire pregnancy. We didn't have so much of what we have today compared to 20 years ago. It's so important to go into a dermatologist and hear about all these options, and it's equally as important to approach the dermatologist and tell them that you're even thinking about having a family and kind of sharing your concerns and sharing your fears. Because I think if you do go in and have that discussion with them, you'll realize very quickly that there really is very little to be afraid of. And there's such wonderful options for people who want to have a family with psoriasis. Thank you again, Dr. Morasi, for providing such an amazing podcast. For our listeners, you can hear more about women and men's health by attending our March 5th virtual community conference. For more information, visit psoriasis.org forward slash conference. Additionally, for more information about psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis, contact our patient aggregation center by calling 800-723-9166 or emailing education at psoriasis.org. And finally, Soundbites is supported by unrestricted educational grants from Amgen, Bristol-Myers-Squibb, Janssen, Novartis, Pfizer and UCB. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Sound Bites for people with psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis. If you or someone you love has ever struggled with psoriatic disease, our hope is that through this series, you'll gain information to help you lead a healthier life and inspire you to look to the future. Please join us for another inspiring podcast. You can find this or all future episodes of Sound Bites on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Ghana, and the National Psoriasis Foundation webpage. To learn more about this topic or others, please visit psoriasis.org or contact us with your questions or comments by email at podcast at psoriasis.org.